0: New York City was the epicenter of a U.S. tuberculosis epidemic in the early 1990s. But in the past decade, funding for tuberculosis control in the city has been cut by more than half, and the incidence of the disease has recently begun to creep upward. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Michelle McCarrig, Director of Planning and Policy at the New York City Department of Health and Mental Hygiene. Dr. McCarrick has co-authored a prospective article on tuberculosis control and the changing epidemiology of tuberculosis in the United States. Dr. McCary, can you tell us about the 1990s tuberculosis epidemic in this country, how it began, and how it was controlled?
1: Thank you, Steve, for inviting me. It's a pleasure to speak with you. In the 1990s, during the peak of the recent epidemic, that was really caused by several factors. One is the breakdown of the infrastructure of the TB control program to control the disease not only in New York City, but also in the country. In addition, there was also the HIV epidemic that contributed to TB cases, where most of the TB cases at that time, patients were co-infected with the disease. And then the increase in immigration of individuals coming in from high burden countries. And in addition to also uncontrolled transmission in congregate settings, such as hospitals and jails, across the country. So these really contributed to the epidemic in the 1990s. And then over time, a lot of money was appropriate to control the disease. And we saw a dramatic decline in TB cases. And we did a really good job in preventing transmission of TB in the community. And we've seen that by this rapid decline of TB cases across the country.
0: You know that New York City was the epicenter of that epidemic what other parts of the country were affected?
1: All parts of the country were really affected, but really the big cities were the ones that were most affected by this because they saw an influx of areas where there's high density of population. You see the epidemics and you see TB cases and you see transmission. And so those were the areas that were really affected by the disease.
0: You mentioned in your article that the epidemiology of tuberculosis in New York has changed since the 90s and that most cases are now imported. So does that mean that despite the drop in funding, the control of native cases is still strong?
1: Yes. As I mentioned, we did a really good job in controlling the disease in the U.S.-born population, especially among those who were HIV-infected, particularly because of the introduction of antiretroviral therapy. And so our strategy at the time was to control... TB transmission in the population. However, we weren't as effective in controlling the treating tuberculosis infection to prevent the progression of active disease. And today, most of our cases result from reactivation of infection, mainly in the foreign-born population who were either infected years ago or were infected prior to entering the country. In addition, the risk factors for TB has also changed. Again, whereas before it used to be HIV co-infection. Now we're seeing more TB cases with uncontrolled diabetes or those who are in immunosuppressive therapy or have specific types of cancers.
0: What fraction of patients are co-infected with HIV?
1: In New York City today, it's six percent of our TB cases who's been tested with HIV are co-infected with HIV.
0: What do you see as the key changes that need to be made in New York's tuberculosis control program? And how would they translate to the rest of the country?
1: Right. So the experiences and challenges of TB control in New York City, I think it's not unique to New York City. It's really relevant to the rest of the country because other parts of the country, and even internationally, are facing the same issues. And again, as I mentioned, it's really the changing epidemiology of TB from now U.S.-born to foreign-born, where you have this reactivation from infection to progression to active disease. At the same time, Leveraging new technology has been very difficult. Because of funding cuts, it's very difficult to have the upfront cost to implement new innovative tools and diagnostic tools to measure its impact. It's hard to have the upfront funds to implement new innovative tools. For example, the GeneXpert, which is a tool for diagnosing TB, And drug-resistant TB, that machine is expanded internationally, but domestically the push to expand the use of that machine has been very limited because it's costly for public health laboratories. In addition, we're also facing challenges in terms of drug shortages and the high cost of drugs. In 2012, we experienced a drug shortage in isoniazid, which is one of the key drugs for treating drug susceptible TB. And New York City, as well as other parts of the country, experience a shortage and it threatened to interrupt the way we treated our TB patients.
0: What can be done about shortages and high costs
1: for drugs? I think better communication and collaborations with drug manufacturers is important. And I know that CDC and the Federal Drug Administration have been talking with drug manufacturers to make sure that they keep up the demand. For drugs supply, and to give ample notice if shortages are expected, and in addition, TB control programs across the country have demonstrated really the need to uh, for the drugs and what would happen if drug supplies are not available. And the National TB Controls Association did a survey of TB control programs and realized that the drug shortages have really affected TB control programs across the country.
0: Going back for a moment to the rising number of foreign-born cases, do you see anything that can be done in the way of international cooperation to affect tuberculosis control?
1: Right, so I think that there's a lot of talk internationally on what to do in terms of tuberculosis control, and you really need to control tuberculosis internationally for it to have impact here domestically and there are talks about starting patients on treatment for latent TB infection, which is something that is not currently done. And there's been changes in terms of screening immigrants prior to entry into the U.S. However, the screening process is one that's complex, and it only affects a small proportion of patients who are entering the country. However, the problem still remains domestically because you have a reservoir of infected individuals who've either already entered the country and have been infected and is now progressing to active disease. And so that's the challenge and the problem that we need to address today.
0: Finally, and looking more broadly, where in the scheme of public health issues that are facing New York City do you see tuberculosis control fit? What sort of priority do you give it?
1: I think tuberculosis is very important, and we are in this critical point where our cases are low, and there are competing priorities. However, we can't forget that if we don't control tuberculosis and if we don't maintain our infrastructure to controlling the disease, then we will start to see the disease creep up. And so we must advocate for sustained funding and to make sure that our infrastructure stay intact. We must recognize the changing epidemiology of TB and address the problem of preventing patients from progressing to active TB disease. And then we must collaborate in terms of all government levels, the private sector, and the academic institutions to try to advocate for the resources that's needed to maintain or sustain TB control in the country. And a lot of this is leveraging new technologies, making sure that we have adequate access to drugs and to diagnostic tools, and also providing appropriate guidelines for how to deal with the reservoir of infected individuals where most of our cases currently emerge.
0: Thank you, Dr. McCarrick.